0: Welcome and thanks for listening to the Sermon Podcast from First Presbyterian Church of Honolulu. This COVID era has ushered in changes as we adapt. One change is our church meeting online. Many of us miss the in-person interaction that church brings. But there's one relationship that we can nurture no matter what the circumstances. Here's First Pres Executive Coordinator Jenny Sung with today's sermon.
1: You know, today marks the first Sunday in August. When I was recording announcements last week, I remember saying, like, it's going to be August next week. And at that moment, I saw Brett, who was behind the camera, just like shake his head like, no, it's not possible. And I wanted to shake my head, too. I was like, yeah, it's unbelievable. Is it really August? It just seems like the year is whizzing by. August is You know, for a lot of people, the time when we prepare for that next season, right? Maybe summer is, um, you know, kind of coming to a close and you're getting ready for a new semester or a new school year. Maybe it's budget time at the office. I remember August to be that time when I would go back to school shopping for the kids, which was always like a Black Friday. You know, you would see a sea of parents combing through the aisles for back to school like supplies. I remember feeling like I could get into a mega brawl any minute, just reaching for that last flutophone or protractor or set of Sharpies. Our season is now so different than it was before. You know, Nowadays, you will rarely see a crowd of people in the shopping aisles anywhere, or at least I hope you don't. You would have never thought that face masks would become the fashionable everyday wear. And we just heard Pastor Steve share last week, about how we felt after shaking a guy's hand after four months of not doing that. We have new COVID cases on the rise in our state. We just missed a hurricane. And I mean, it's hard to find stability in the sea of such change. Some of you may know my background as a diplomat kid. I moved so often that change was the norm, not the exception. Changes in countries, in languages, in cultures, schools, houses, teachers, friends, you name it. And when I moved to South Korea for just two years, I remember trying to learn how to read and write Korean in one summer before jumping into the fourth grade. I would just memorize for hours and then escape to the neighborhood playground, I really liked that uh, carousel, you know, that playground carousel that goes round and round. I loved jumping on it. I noticed that if you jumped onto the edge of the carousel, you'd feel that full force of the turbulence as it would just whip around. And feeling like if I let go, I would just fly off into outer space. But if you moved to the center of the carousel, you were more stable. You could maybe even relax and sit And watch the world go around. I tell you this story because a lot of things will pull on the stability of our lives and in times of greater fluctuation or turbulence we can try and cling to the edge of a carousel holding on for dear life or we can move towards the center and be grounded by the one who restores us and heals us and gives life. You know Jesus Christ said that he came to give us life and to give it in full abundance. We can live lives of full abundance with purpose and meaning rather than just surviving by clinging to the edge of a carousel in fear that we'll go off into oblivion if we let go. Now more than ever, in times of fluctuation and uncertainty, we can go to that place of grounding where we understand who we are and whose we are as children of God, lovingly created in His image, that God has made us designed us in and for communion in other words that means that god has made us for relationship with him and with one another and the world and we can live life in full abundance the things that sustain us in the long haul is going to be by going to the center of what grounds us and living out our values from the core of that stable grounding Even though the regular rhythms of the seasons change and are different and times are even precarious, God remains unchanged. So we want to go back to the center to live out our lives from the source of that abundance. In the beginning of March this year, we started a sermon series called PADS. It was our church core values that before the pandemic we were jumping into. But now as we start August, as we start a new season, We want to return our focus on those core values, who we are as a church, the values we hold dear and want to live out our faith as followers of Jesus Christ. First Press has five core values, and you can also find them on our website. The core values spell out an acronym, PADS, P-A-T-H-S. Let me do an overview of each letter so you get the full picture, and then we'll spend the rest of our time dwelling on P. God's presence. I'll share some stories of experiencing the presence of God, especially in times of brokenness and pain. You know, it's it's not that we only experience God in painful times, don't get me wrong, but often in times of pain and struggle, of the times when you feel like you're coming to the end of yourself, that's often when you reach out to God in a real way and know that God will meet us no matter how far we feel from him. So PADS, let's review that. The letter P stands for presence. We desire to continually see and be aware of the presence of God in our daily lives, in him, with him, in community. You know, it's not about performance. It's just about being with Him in our everyday lives. We want to hear His voice and gain His wisdom. We want God to be real in everything that we do and live out each day experiencing life with Him. A is for authenticity. You now, Pastor Dan often says that we are what a hospital for sinners, not a museum of saints, right? We want to feel free to share our weaknesses and be our true selves. And you know, whether that's just being real about maybe depression that we're going through or addictions or doubt, or really the difficulty in following Jesus every day. We don't want to judge. We want to welcome everybody. And we also want to celebrate the true joy in our lives as well. We want to be a community of authentic people. Another core value is thoughtfulness. So what does it mean to be thoughtful, right? Well, to be thoughtful is to understand that life is complex and we want to integrate biblical wisdom with everyday living. It means we listen well, and we can hold in tension the truth given by God, and knowing that life is complex and there are difficult situations. We see the nuances, but still firmly hold on to the biblical commandments and are guided by his word and the Holy Spirit. To be thoughtful, take some humility, which is our next core value. We hope to be a humble community where we learn, listen, and know that much of what we may believe and do needs to be transformed by the Lord. We want to listen to the Holy Spirit. We want to be lifelong learners and listen more than we talk and be willing to say, hey, I'm sorry, I got it wrong. And lastly, F in PATH stands for service. With no outward journey, we can become insular and provincial. Out of real faith comes service. We desire to be all in when following Jesus. And we remember in the Bible that we need to always have a heart for the oppressed, for the hurting, for the vulnerable, for the poor and the imprisoned, the houseless and the widows. We are always reminded that our humble Lord Jesus washed the feet of others. And so it's not about us. We are about one another and community. So paths, presence, authenticity, thoughtfulness, humility, and service. These are our deeply ingrained core values. They're principles that guide our church with Jesus Christ as the center. Jesus Christ as our cornerstone. Now, if you're to have any center, you know, or anchor or lifeline or whatever it is you want to call it, You want it to be Jesus, guided by his principles and values, and just flourish in relationship with Jesus. Will you just spend a moment of prayer with me as I lift up these core values and ask that Jesus be the center of our lives? Will you pray with me? Lord, I thank you for... um, our core values pads and I thank you that we could be a people of faith in community together where we follow you and we practice just being in your presence of being authentic that we want to be thoughtful and humble and Lord we want to serve one another we want to serve you and our communities so Lord help us as the people of God to live out these core values faithfully after you. We thank you in the precious name of Jesus Christ. Amen. You know, I am excited that today is a marker of new seasons, not just because of our Core Value Sermon series, but because today in our Digital Connect groups, we'll partake in the sacrament of communion. It's wonderful to be able to see one another and take communion in real time together as the body of Christ. You know, when we take communion, when we eat the bread and drink the juice, We believe that we are deeply and truly united to Jesus and that He's presence with us in a real way. You know, when we think about communion, it is really about relationship. Communion is about our deep relationship with God and His love. One of the most well-known verses in the Bible is John 3.16, For God so loved the world that He gave His one and only Son, so that whoever believes in Him may not perish but have everlasting life. It's because of love that Jesus gave his life for you and for me, making the way for us to draw near to God and experience his presence. You know, if you're new to the Bible, or even new to Jesus and God, know that the Bible is an incredible, compelling story of love. It's this overarching story of a true God who loves his children and goes to great lengths to reach a lost and hurting people. If you find it daunting or maybe not sure where to start, you know, a great place to go is BibleProject.com. BibleProject.com gives you like overviews of the Bible, and there's really fun videos to understand themes and stories in the Bible. Or if you want to listen to the Bible, you know, with a group of people, you can just pop into the weekly Just Show Up readings of the Bible every Friday, and, and you can just listen to the Bible. There's no pressure to say anything. So if any of these things pique your interest, just go to the First Press website and go to Connect from Home. Okay, back to communion. So when we think about communion, it is really about relationship. You know, communion can be a time when we just come before God and we're just being authentic and real and we see if there's anything we want to confess and we ask for forgiveness. And it's often in these times of openness and surrender that we really experience the presence of God in a real way. Mark Laberton, who's an amazing writer, and he's the president of Fuller Theological Seminary. He describes communion as our relationship with God and with others and the world. He describes it in three ways. First, there's communion as relationship the way it was originally intended. And then second, he talks about broken communion. And finally, he says, God restores communion by communion. So let's go through these things together. Communion as it was originally intended, the original design. Mark Laberton says, since the beginning of time, God exists in a communion of perfect love. That is the relationship, right, of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. It's God's triune life of love that's expressed in beauty, and creativity, and goodness, and justice, and truth. The Trinity. And us, created in the image of God, us human beings, we bear those traits. And we live out our identity in caring for creation, bearing fruit in relationships of love. And since God created us, you know, it says God knit us in our mother's womb. And since God is love, no broken relationships exist outside of God's care. So God created us in and for communion. In other words, the God of relationship created us in and for relationships of love with God and with others and with the world. To experience the presence of God is to be in this relationship with Him. You know, it's different than having a religion or a doctrine or a mantra even. It's a more about this dynamic, vibrant connection. It's not the same as like studying God or reading about God or doing a lot of things even for God. It's about being with and experiencing God in relationship with Him. Now, I've been on the church staff for seven years and um, probably known the Chun family for over 20. So, as you know, when you're in relationships with people, you begin to experience life with them and you find out things. So here are some random factoids I've discovered about our staff. You know, some examples like Karen Makishima drinks unsweetened iced tea and has fresca in the staff refrigerator. Roselia uh loves football and drinks Americanos. Pastor Steve talks to, no, Pastor Steve will hum or sing to himself when he's walking down the hall or going to the copier, you know, really anywhere that he's walking, you'll hear him hum or sing. Um, Leslie Paez looks forward to pumpkin spice latte season and loves Christmas decorations. Chris Pan will say out loud a lot when he's thinking to try to answer a question. Pastor Dan says, phenomenal, a lot. And you can find Matt Yamamoto's location in a building just by his laugh. Now, I know these sound really trivial and maybe random, but my point is this. When you spend time in relationships with people, you become familiar with their ways, right? Their voice and character. And you could tell it's them and how they would feel about something. Their presence means a lot and you miss them when they're not there. And much like being in relationships with people, the more time you spend in honest and open relationship with God, the more we experience His presence and become familiar with His voice and His ways, His character, His being. That is the way life was intended to be in perfect relationships of love with God and with one another and with the world. But we have something called brokenness. Laberton calls it broken communion. We don't have to go very far to see the effects of human suffering. We live in a world of broken communion and it's visible in poverty, injustice, terror, abuse. Lies, racism, violence. Laberton speaks of broken communion in the first three chapters of the book of Genesis. He says, we move very quickly from when we were naked and not ashamed in the Garden of Eden, right? To having eyes opened and knowing that they were naked and then sewing fig leaves together and made loin to cover themselves. And then as Adam and Eve pull away from God God still remains close asking, where are you? And who told you that you were naked? The devil says, did God really say, which then becomes this fracture line that creates a chasm of blame and resentment leading to murder. That's just in the first three chapters of Genesis. When you read the storyline of the Bible, you see the effects of sin and consequences. Living in a world of broken communion, we quickly learn how to cover up pain and fill this need for belonging and love through our own means, you know, through other people and achievements and things that are just a knockoff of the real thing. And like shards of broken glass, when there's broken communion, jagged cuts form and take shape in, the, in like bitterness, insecurity, and deceit, jealousy, fear, pride, hate, the list goes on and on and on. There's a video I want to share with you, and it's a story about broken communion, and it's about how in a moment of honest confession, this person experienced the love of God. I first heard Shane Taylor's story in an alpha. Shane lived a life of violence and hate and anger, but experienced the presence of God. Let's listen to Shane Taylor's story together.
2: I got in with the wrong crowd. And I started to um, pinch cars, burgle houses. They become known, me and my friends become known as very high profile thieves, really. I used to carry big knives, uh, the, the big knives to the smaller knives down my waist. And I was the kind of person where if you pulled a knife out, I would use it. I ended up stabbing someone in the head. I ended up, um, stabbing someone just missing his heart and going through the top, of his shoulder, uh, the, the top of his chest and his shoulder way. He dropped to the floor, and so I was on the run for two attempted murders. And then I was just... When I went to prison, I had such a hatred for the system, and I couldn't handle being told what to do, couldn't handle prison officers mucking me about. When I went out on association, I got the prison officer and I, uh, I stabbed them. And then this led to me going into maximum security prisons, being put on CSC, it's where they feed you through a hatch in the door. There's no physical contact, so they have to have ride shields and ride gear on. Um, and that was my life for a long, long time, basically. And I, I just was going from prison to prison, prison to prison. But then I ended up going to Long Larton in Worcestershire. And when I was in there, I ended up going in on an alpha course. Never heard of an alpha course, didn't know anything. And I just remember walking in because they'd sent me down. I sat down on a chair. And I thought, oh no, it's a Christian thing. And we'd just go there every week and I would argue. And the pastor, um, I remember he came come to me. He said, right, I'm gonna say a few scriptures first before we pray. And one of them was, no one's righteous, not one. We all fall short of the glory of God. And then he said the verses about Jesus and explained a bit why he died on the cross for sinners and stuff. And then he said, pray. So I started praying, and I said, uh, God, I said, God, if you're real, come into my life because I hate who I am. And Nothing happened, but then as I was talking to the pastor, I started to feel this energy feeling in my stomach, and it started to raise up and raise up and raise up and raise up, and I just broke out into uncontrollable um, tears. And I just sobbed, and I just, right there. Because that was a change of my whole life. I knew God was real, Um, and no one will change that now. And then I remember (laughs) running on the wing. People clearly knew that I would become a Christian. I actually helped them on another two Alpha courses. And then I um, I got released. I've been in a prison where I... Because st- you would have thought that the prison where I stopped the prison officers would have been the last prison to have me. But they were the first. That's how God works. The best thing for me is going in prisons and helping the lads in prison and, and trying to tell them about God. I've got um, four kids and they're my life. Um, and what upsets me is because now I know um, that back then, if I had the kids, uh, they wouldn't have had a good upbringing. And now they sit on the night and have Bible studies with their dad. Um, <clears throat> have Bible studies with their dad. Have a life. the beautiful. Um, and my life, and is probably my wife and my kids are the best gift. That, apart from the grace God's given me, is the best gift I've ever He'll ever give me. Didn't expect to cry like that. Recovered now.
1: I love that line, you know, I didn't expect to cry like that, I've recovered now. In a moment of honest confession and openness to God, Shane experienced the presence of God. It wasn't through knowledge or performance or knowing the right theology It was simply the honest and open heart to invite Jesus into the reality of his life. Shane's story really resonated uh, with me because I related to this brokenness. I related to the point of confession, asking God to come into a very messed up life. Although my past was quite different, I felt imprisoned by the tremendous brokenness I had experienced. I felt the loving presence of God when I just came to him in confession and I rededicated my life to Christ. For me, the experience was more gradual, more and more over time, but it was just as real and just as powerful. Now I had shared that I had moved around a lot as a kid and along with the instability of change, I had multiple experiences of sexual abuse and trauma that scarred and twisted my understanding of relationships. I ended up making choices that were just tragic and hurt myself and others in the process. I was messed up and broken, bearing the guilt and pain deep down. And years of moving and adapting made it easy to separate and compartmentalize the hurt. And on the outside, I looked pretty, normal, and put together. It was a longer process of me just opening that door up to Jesus inviting him into the deepest areas of pain. I knew I was messed up. And I just said, God, I want you to come into my life. I wanna rededicate my life to you. And when I confessed my sins, I just felt like this weight had come off my shoulders. God truly met me in the dungeon of my brokenness, and I experienced his presence in this rededicated life to God. He took off the shackles and I learned about forgiveness and compassion and healing and trust. God was patient and kind, surrounding me with loving Christian community, wise mentors and prayer warriors. It was truly the gift of grace to experience the loving presence of God, not only through Him, but also through loving community. Like I mentioned in the beginning, not every story of experiencing God's presence has to be about brokenness. Experiencing God's presence happens in every moment, in sadness and in joy and in between, from the normal and the small to the big and profound. We are all invited into restored communion with God, with others, and with the world. Mark Laberton writes, "...in restored communion, every single day is lived to nurture some aspect of deeper communion with God, with people, and with the world. Therefore, everything we do points toward God's reconciliation and justice, God's right-making love." Practicing the presence of God, you know, is never going to be about a production or a performance or a series of steps that you take like a formula. It's being in honest and authentic relationship with Him, experiencing Him in deeper ways more and more, and then sharing that love with others. No matter where you are, no matter how far you've gone, I just want to encourage you to take one small step of restored communion today. Maybe it's a simple statement like, God, if you're real, come into my life. Or God, I don't think you're real, But if you are, show me, I'm open. Or maybe it's God, I don't want you to see what's inside. But if you're really about love, I'm willing to let you in. Whatever it is, just lay it down before God. In a moment, we're going to just do a very simple exercise. We're going to pause and ask the Holy Spirit to fill us. And I'll start off with a scripture and a very simple prayer and then there will just be a minute of quiet. You can take this time to sit still and listen to God. You can ask God for more of His presence. If there's anything you want to share, you can share that with God and pray. Know that if at any point, you know, you want someone to come in and pray with you, you can just click on that live prayer button. And also know that you know, this isn't something that should be forced. You know, we want you to just relax, and we want it to be real. It's not something that you have to perform or do. It's just a simple way to be and experience God. So, let's start. This is 1 John chapter 4, verse 16. And so we know and rely on the love God has for us. God is love whoever lives in love and lives in God, and God in them. Lord, we lift up this time to you. Come Holy Spirit. We want more of your presence.
0: Dear Lord, we thank you for this time that we've had with you
1: we thank you for your presence and your faithfulness. And no matter what our response or where we are, we know that you love us unconditionally. We pray for greater healing in all the broken areas of our lives. Bring restored communion. Help us to be in relationships of love with you and with others and in the world. We ask for your wisdom, your guidance, and your peace. And Lord, there may be some of us here who are willing to take that first step of opening up our hearts to you. It's just a simple step of openness and trust. Or maybe some of us feel like we've strayed so far from the center and we want to rededicate ourselves to you. You know where we are. And so Lord, please receive these words as we commit ourselves to you. I'm sorry for turning away from you, the way I've hurt myself and others. Please forgive me and bring restored communion in my life. Thank you for dying on the cross for my sins so I could be set free. Please come into my heart. Please come into my life. I want you to be at the center. I pray by your Holy Spirit to be with me forever. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. Now, if you pray that prayer, please click on the raised hand button and then ask for prayer because it's really good to share your decision with someone. And then we can also connect you in some very practical ways um, to some next steps so that you can grow in your relationship with Jesus. Now, as we close the service, let's welcome back the worship team and let's just soak in the words to this song, Holy Spirit, you are welcome here. Now receive this blessing. And don't forget that we have communion after the service. So you can just click on that digital connect group and join others in doing communion together. And if somehow in this message, you feel like um, there's been some sexual trauma or abuse in your past, and you want some help, then there will be some resources in the chat, a link to that so that you can seek help and get some guidance. Now please receive this blessing. May the Lord bless you and keep you. May his face shine upon you and his countenance be gracious unto you. May you always know the deep love of Jesus in your heart as you follow him and make him the center. In Christ's name we pray,
0: amen. Deep, intimate relationships are achieved when we spend high quality time with one another. We can develop an even closer relationship with God the more time we commune with Him. If you'd like to hear this sermon again, you can listen to and download this and other sermons from the First Pres website, fpchawaii.org. Subscribe to the podcast on iTunes or wherever you listen to podcasts. Normally, we meet Sundays at our Ko'olau campus or at The Vine in Kaka'ako. But for now, you can find the entire church service streamed online on the church website, fpchawaii.org. For our virtual church service, click the online church box at our regular church service times, Sunday morning at 8, 9.30, and 11.11, and Sunday afternoon at 4 p.m. Be sure to check your email for links to sermons, church news and updates, daily devotionals, and details on our reopening. If you have any questions or needs, you can always reach the church through the website or just call 808-532-1111. For Pastor Dan Chun and the entire staff at First Pres, I'm Michael Shishido. Until next time, God bless you, stay safe, and thanks for listening. This sermon podcast is copyright 2020 and produced by the Media Ministry of First Presbyterian Church of Honolulu.